Welcome to the Impact Masters Commission Bible Study Podcast. Join us as we study the Bible verse by verse. I'm your host, Pastor Josh Hawkins. We're going to have some deep, thoughtful, and hopefully helpful discussions to try and discover together what it means to be the followers of Jesus. Six verses. We did do six verses. Oh, that, that was a long time. Yeah, we did okay. six verses because you We're all on something today. Yeah. Well, you know. I would totally be one of those teachers in school that if you just don't want to study whatever oh it is that day, that get them talking about yes. something else, and then they're just going to waste coach. the whole class time. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, I don't know, we'll do this. And I'm totally that guy. And then we all feel the test. Unabashedly. And then I'll give you the test anyway and say, ha ah. My freshman year of high school, there was a new teacher. I had him for first and last hour. By last hour, everybody hated him. But first hour, he was really fun. And one day, me and my friend Eric managed to get him off the topic talking about like Star Wars and Star Trek. Well, I would do that. I'm ready. What, uh, what, you know, what... What uh, what nerdy topic do you want to? Should we talk about Tolkien? Let's talk should about. We talk about the <laughs> I can bring. No, wait. Let's do that next week. I'll bring my book. What book is that? I don't remember the name, but I bought it last year when you were talking about it. Yeah. 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 Which one? She bought the book of Enoch. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really? <laughs> what did you think? I don't really remember. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's hard to read, honestly. My dad It's hard to read. But it's I, crazy. I hate reading, so it was really, really difficult. Do you have your Americano today? Or is it something different? Nope. Americano. It is Americano. Don't even ask him. Grande Americano. Americano. Gracie, Gracie gave, got me an Americano. American with an O. I don't remember Gracie's last name now. She got married. She's married to Catherine's brother. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally. I can never remember her last name now. Okay. She was Gracie Glad. People say years Truma, and years. Truman a lot. What? Truman? It's not Truman. There's no Truman. Doesn't even look like Truman. They just see T R and then they're they're they go, off on Truman? the off to the races. Truman? Trenum? <laughs> like whatever. Uh, Nobody ever mispronounces my last name, so I'm kind of happy about that. You guys here on Sunday? Yeah. yeah. Got to hear my dad preach. He always I, was, word. I came here a couple weeks in a row best. when he was when he was pastoring. Pastoring is that? Yeah. Right time. Yeah. Pastor Ron knocks it out of the park. I've literally never heard of my mom. Loves him. My mom just loves old people. He's good. Like pastors are older. Which I've only heard him speak like three times, so I guess it's older than Pastor Ron. Right. right. I mean, he was a like faithful preacher of the word for. 40-odd years, and I always loved his sermons. They were always challenging and good. Do you know someone? And he's been, like, he hasn't preached for months, and so, like, he had, like, you know. Oh, he had it in him. I talked to him on Saturday, and he was like, I'm ready to preach on Sunday. Good. Were you asking me a question? Um, My pastor at my um, 
like home church. He you know, talks a lot about a guy named Brother Hagen, and I have no idea who he's talking Kenneth about. Kenneth Hagen. Oh no, Scott Hagen. Oh, Scott Hagen. don't get me. I don't Never know. Who's Scott Hagen? The uh, president at North Central. Okay, that's not who he's talking about. Yeah, you're, talking about you're talking about Kenneth Hagen? I don't well, know. He Kenneth always Hagen says Brother Hagen because he like, well, was under him. He's probably talking about Kenneth Hagen. Okay. Do not get me started. He was a faith, word of faith guy. He was a <laughs> Southern Baptist guy who got baptized in the Holy Spirit and got kicked out of the Southern Baptist. And so, so and then, but then he really became a very famous kind of word of faith preacher that was very you know all yeah. across the world my mom then, supposedly doesn't really like him but my pastor like adores him i don't like him at all <laughs> senior kenneth hagan senior is better than junior but he's still yeah, not great not good not, he not just good. always talks about him i've never seen what he looks like yeah. i literally asked my dad he's time. a word of faith guy real. i can't i just want to punch people a word of faith what does that mean Oh, that is a whole lot. We could go on a very long tangent about word of faith. Okay, one sentence. What does that mean? Best known for is believing that they can speak things. Name it and claim it. Have you ever heard that? Like, no, I haven't. They they have a way of interpreting what what Jesus specifically has to say about faith. To mean that if I just (coughs) if I just like speak. That something is so mine kind of like and put my yes very much yeah yeah that it will that it will come to pass and it is a non-Christian message and the thing about word of faith people it is the thing about word of faith people is that they tend to be the only thing they talk about they don't really talk much about the cross they don't really talk much about Jesus they don't really talk much about they just talk a lot about faith now I have met some very wonderful Christian folks who adhere to word of faith stuff but I've also met word of faith stuff that don't have a lot of time for Jesus and that's that's a problem it is an anti-gospel message how do you, how do you spell his name? H-A-G-I-N you said Kenneth? yeah I think his name is Kenneth Hagen ouch yeah not good I think he was probably great in the beginning and I think he just got off onto this like tangent and ended up there and, I wasn't sure yeah I just know my pastor references Jesus is a lot, a, him a lot I'm not saying he's not a Christian I don't know but I'm just saying that message is damaging and not good it's the kind of thing like I knew a word of faith guy that like he had a serious back problem but he wouldn't say it have you ever met anybody and he's like how are you and they're like blessed and highly favored Okay, that's that's a word of faith person, probably, because they wouldn't speak. Don't speak the negative. Speak the positive. Yeah, I have. Don't speak the whatever. Okay, so don't name the stuff that's wrong because you're giving power to the stuff that's wrong, which is the opposite. When you don't name what's wrong, you're actually giving power to what's wrong, because it stays under the radar. It stays unnamed. It stays unbrought into the we are a people of repentance anyway i don't want to go on that one all day okay so uh first timothy four um and we finished with verse i think we really finished just by saying train yourself in righteousness uh, and um but we'll we'll start with verse eight okay in first timothy what uh the four and no, no, I think we actually we did verse eight and nine, so we'll start with verse ten. Okay. 
For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Uh, what does that mean? What version what was it? Verse 10. Oh, okay. Chapter 4, verse 10. What I'm asking about, it says God is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Is it is it saying like the people who believe that he's their Savior? Wait, wait, I said that weird. The people, yeah, the people who believe he's their Savior, they like act it out. Or, like, live as if he was, and then the people... Sure, but how is God the Savior of people that aren't saved? Because he can save them. It says all people. I mean, he still died for them. Yeah. Sure he did. And but if if I came to try and rescue you, but I didn't rescue you, am I still your Savior? Mm. <laughs> Not really. Well, he did rescue I'm your attempted one. Savior. Yeah. They just haven't received. Oh, that's an interesting way of thinking. Thanks. You're absolutely right, by the way. Good job, Catherine. Yeah. First time. First time. First time. I was trying to say first time in a while. <laughs> I just stopped talking. He's the savior of all people, especially those who believe. I'm underlining that. Okay, this is a really interesting verse, and it's one of the many verses... That can in the New Testament, especially in Paul, that a universalist would point at and say, "See, God has saved everyone." Yes, but no. And we have to hold nuance here. Okay, yes, God's salvation is active and real truly available for all people. That's true. I'm not a Calvinist and I do not believe in limited atonement. Okay? Sorry. Limited atonement so says sorry. is one of the is one of the Calvinism is described by TULIP is the acronym total depravity. Anybody know what the rest of them are? I can't Unconditional election, irresistible irresistible grace, perseverance of saints. Correct. Okay. Okay. Total depravity means that every single human being is wrapped up in the original sin of Adam and Eve, and therefore you are incapable of committing, of doing anything good ever. Okay. Without the grace of God. Okay. That's total depravity. We have no ability to obey God outside of God's grace given to us to do so. Un, uh, unconditional election is that God chooses who is saved and who is not, no matter what they've done, no matter what they think, no matter what it is God's choice to save, and that means they're saved. Limited atonement means that there's only a certain amount of people that, that God has chosen, and Jesus' sacrifice is only available to those people. Irresistible grace means that no matter whether you want to be saved or not, if God has chosen you to be saved, you will be saved. And perseverance of the saints means that the people that God saved cannot fall away. They are saved, period, end of sentence. Okay. 
not everyone, just the elect, just the ones he chose. Oh, okay. Universalism is that everyone goes to heaven. Right. There's universalist Calvinists which say that everyone is the elect. If everyone went to heaven, what would be the point of us living on earth? Oh, well, that's a really good question. Shall we talk about what is referred to as patristic universalism? I don't even know what that word means. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do it. We're not going to get past this first today. I'm just saying. Okay. No, right do you guys have a marker that I can use? Yeah. This should Many work. Kind of brand new. Let's go purple. Complementary colors. All right. So, universalism says that every, everybody, literally everyone's going to go to heaven. Yeah? Okay. Okay, everybody. In fact, sense. some universalists say even Satan and the angels. Excuse me? <laughs> Will be saved. <laughs> no, they. Uh, well, they just believe it. What? Empty? It depends. Okay. <laughs> Universalism. Universal. The, let's just talk about universalism as a rule. All you. All. If I say I am a universalist, or we say someone is a universalist, what? What I'm saying is they believe that all are saved. Okay. Universally. Now. Yeah. Universal. Okay. But now. Under that canopy of universalism, there's different schools, okay? Different groups of people that believe that all are saved, but they believe they have different ideas about how or what, what that means, okay? Some are just regular old universalists. They believe no hell. They believe there's no such thing as hell, that God is, is so loving that... That, that this is not something God would do. It's open. What? What's that? No, it's locked. Okay. This is what I'm teaching right now. Everyone is safe and there is no hell. That's what I'm teaching right now. This is no, no. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just That's really correct. curious. Like, I do not understand how people read this book and think that there's no hell. Right. I agree with you. But they still do. No. They arrive they at it lots of ways. They arrive at it lots of ways. Most of the time it means they just right. ignore passages in, in the scripture. Or they <laughs> so over that it becomes... They'd be ripping the page it out. It's, it's, it's metaphor. It's symbol. Oh. It's not real. It's it's just a way that we talk about something else. Okay? Dr. Yeah. So basically I it can bring you back. died for everyone and so it wouldn't it could you could choose to believe that like okay this is like Jesus died for everyone therefore everyone and do not be mistaken because this group of people that's not the majority of universalists this is a very small minority minority of people that would refer to themselves as universalists okay and they may not even talk about Jesus. It's just Jesus isn't important. You know, whatever. You know, no, okay? That's okay. But, so let's just draw a line under that. Because the rest of these that I'm going to talk about are Christian universalists. Okay? And what they say, okay, the first group is going to be a people that say Jesus work on the cross, okay? 
The cross saves everyone. And they would use a verse like the one I just read, 1 Timothy 4.10. They would say, He's the Savior of all people. That says it right there. How can you argue with Scripture? He's the Savior of all people. Is he or is he not? Is that true or false? True, true, true. So guess what? The cross saves everyone. Yay! Woo! Isn't that great news? Yeah. It says, <laughs> especially those who believe. That's, that's so awesome. Maybe it is. And that's not the only verse that says it. There's, I actually have a list of 37 universalist verses in the New Testament. Okay? I mean, blatantly universalist. Okay? Uh, well, okay. We'll just keep moving. Okay. And if you read them out of context, if you read them, just those verses, and you put them all in a line, where your brain is going to go is, guess what? Everyone is saved. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Doesn't matter. All right. So, cross is sufficient for everyone. But you should put all those verses together and make a sermon. <laughs> Many good. people have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been done. Many people have done that. Okay. Many people have done that. Okay. Now, Christian universalist means, okay, that it is about the cross. Always. Okay, but the the version of of Christian universalism that I find the most attractive and appealing, that I am very very tempted to believe, and I might actually believe it. Who knows? Okay, just hang on. He said, "Or no one does that." Uh, no, just kidding. Is this? <laughs> All dogs go to hell. <laughs> all, all dogs do go to heaven. Amen. Amen. And all cats go to hell. Amen. Okay. All right. Is. Now they would say, okay, these people would say that means no one goes to hell at all. And I would say, can't do that. Wait, is that Jesus? Sorry, sorry. These guys say because of the cross, no one goes to hell. And there's several places in the Bible where it talks about Jesus going into the underworld, into death, and preaching to the captives. And they would say, these folks would say, Jesus, upon his death, before his resurrection, went into death and took everyone that had died out of hell with him. All of them. With him. Out of hell. And into paradise. It happened right then. And that since then, since Jesus' resurrection, no one has no one has gone to hell. Oh okay? Alright. But that doesn't make any sense because Jesus spent a lot of time in his ministry talking about hell. Quite a bit. More than he talked about heaven. More than, well, I don't know if that's true. But, well, he, but told me he definitely talked more about hell than anybody else. Jesus <laughs> talked a lot about hell. We get most of our true theology true? around hell from Jesus. Now, there's a whole lot of other theology around hell that we get from not even the Bible at all. I feel like Jesus would know since he was there. You're right. Mm -hmm. Now, so, early church fathers, and by this I'm talking about a lot of them. 
Okay, early church fathers, including Gregory of Nyssa, including Origen, including Ignatius, including you. You're an early church father. Yes. That's amazing. Surprise. Thank now you. all of a sudden we believe in what? in. <laughs> You know, we don't believe in hell, we do believe in reincarnation. We might as well just be Buddhists, everybody. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm going to write that on the board. Be Buddhists. We're just going to leave this. We'll let other people come and be like, what is going on? All right. This is what they would say. Okay? This is early church. This is what we call patristic universalism. And this is actually what a lot of the Eastern Orthodox Church still believes, okay? They would say, people that have not given their lives to Jesus do go to hell. They go to hell, okay? So, uh, if you're saved, if you have trusted Jesus, if you're one of, if you believe, okay? You you go, you, okay, so we'll, we'll do it like this. Okay, so, here, let's do this. Okay, if you believe... Okay, you go straight to heaven, right? If you don't believe, you do go to hell, okay? But you don't necessarily stay. Because they would say the purpose of hell is to save you. Traumatize you into salvation. <laughs> it's like jail. Beyond no, we, we don't understand. They would also say we don't understand hell. Okay. They would also say we don't understand hell. That our understandings of hell are more medieval than they are Christ-like. Jesus says Jesus has different words for hell. Lots of them. One of his favorite words for hell is Gehenna, but one of his other. One of his parables about hell is he calls it launderer's soap. Soap is bad. Wait, because soap is supposed to help you get clean, right? Yeah. Got it. Okay. They would say unbelievers do end up in hell until they have, until they finally see the error of their ways, actually repent, and then they're rescued from hell. And they go to heaven. Ooh, is that where laundry soap came from? Girl, well, no, they had laundry soap already. Oh. Oh, <laughs> laundry, laundry soap, soap? Is, laundry soap is, the, is the metaphor. Soap? Okay. They had soap. Yeah. Oh, what kind of soap? It was usually made of lye. Eucalyptus. Is that a yogurt? Limestone. No. And, no lime will literally kill you if you consume it. Um, lime. Lime. It's made of limestone, so crushed up limestone. My house is built. Can we get some? I don't think you want to. Um, yeah. yeah, you can actually. If you are a soap maker, you have it. Yes. Not only that, but they also used metal. urine to make soap. Which is it's lime. So, wow, it's stinky. A lot of people. Yes, but it's it. actually the ammonia in it works quite well to bleach. Ammonium thioglucate. Okay, so that's what they would say. They would say, ever so. Just put. Let's push out the time barrier. Okay, it isn't that. It isn't.
that everyone is automatically saved. They have to accept Jesus. It's still the cross that saves people, always. It is the work of Jesus on the cross that saves people. But, and eventually, everyone will be saved. That's what they would say. But, maybe not before they die. That's the question. After you die, can you still repent? No. How do you know? Well, doesn't Jesus say, say that? Because he says... Well, well, it's not part of the rapture. Well, after that, the rapture happens, doesn't everybody who not... No. What? I don't... No. No. After the white throne judgment, that's what I'm talking about. After that, the people that go to hell stay in hell. Yeah, but what if the white throne judgment doesn't happen until everyone's already said yes? Well, then there's no point in having the white throne judgment. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Is judgment just about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell? (laughs) No, No, it's about your... your, What's judgment about? Your blessings in heaven, right? Oh, where you're going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, rewards. Rewards. Here's the question. Be accountable to everything you've ever said and you've ever did. What is judgment about? You're just terrifying, but it's fine. Here's my next question. Teaching us. (laughs) When? (laughs) Exactly. Because God is what? A teacher. No. God um, is love. Our protector. Our father. Oh. I was going to say. Now, here's my question. <laughs> I'm a dad. What would you think if I said to my kid, you messed up, so I am going to wrap an electric fence around your body and turn it on, and it's going to stay on forever. Even if, even if you say you're sorry. Even if you realize that you did wrong. On earth, on earth, we have the opportunity to say, I realize right. I did wrong and repent. But once you repent, it, it, it doesn't make Tell any sense. Tell me where the Bible says that. So find it. I'm not saying there's no consequences. I would say any amount of time at all spent in hell is quite a consequence. Eternal consequence. That's not an eternal consequence, though. John 3.16. For God's Go ahead, read. Go ahead. God's the love of the world that he gave us. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. Absolutely. Hold on. Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoever believes in him, wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Why am I not making sense? Okay. You have verses for me. He who does not believe is already condemned. Say that last one again. I know. I know the verse. Say it. He who does not believe is already condemned because he does not believe the one that was sent by God. Wait a minute. No. Listen to what Jesus said. What did he say? He said, You're already condemned. Already. He saved us. Already condemned. Why? (laughs) Already condemned. What does that mean? That means that before meeting Christ, you're already here. (laughs) 
Let's walk through John 3, 16, 17, and 18. John, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you just can go to heaven even if you already know. That doesn't make sense. Why not? That's not how it works. Why would anybody? Why? why would anybody care don't, about living for God today? Don't just tell me that doesn't make sense and that's not how it works. Because what I hear you saying is that doesn't fit with minute. with the way I interpret <laughs> scripture. I want you to argue with right, me though. from scripture. I would, why would anyone want to live minute. for Christ wait. now if they could just wait till they die and then? I don't repent. know, maybe because they don't want to go to hell. Okay. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Why hell is still hell. hell. What does it matter? Hey, <laughs> Hold on. Can we can we just pause for I'm a second? I'm having second hand affairs. Can, can we yeah, pause for pausing. just let's pause for just a second? Let me ask you this question. Is following Jesus just about going to hell or heaven? No, it's not. It's about you just told me it was. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I said Don't put words that's what it would mean. <laughs> that's what it would mean if we could. She said, okay. No, wait a minute. Because you said your words. Your words. Why would anybody live for God if they if they can just, after they die, just turn around and not go to hell? That's why I'm saying it's wrong. So, so wait a minute. If that's the way you're thinking then living for Jesus is just about going to heaven. No, it's not. It's about, okay, the, what you're saying is they can choose to live with God because they've been to hell and they don't want to be in hell. Yeah. That's not what the purpose is. But that's not what, that's not what they're saying. That, so that is wrong. It's not about, it's not about getting in hell and saying, this sucks, wish I hadn't made this choice. And it, no, it, it still requires repentance and faith. It still still requires recognizing that the direction my life has been on has been the wrong one. Jesus' way is the correct way. It's not just, wow, hell sucks. I wish I'd gone to heaven. Sorry. Then I go to heaven. That's not it. We're talking about repentance, not regret. You know the difference. Yes. Okay? That's what they're talking about. Actual repentance taking place. Too late. Sorry. Why? Where are you getting that from? Where in the Bible does it say it's too late? Where in the Bible does it say that after you die? Do you want to know why I'm asking you? Because I've been looking for the verse for five years and I haven't found it. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. In Matthew 25, there's a section, the heading in my Bible, I know the headings are man-made, we put them in there, whatever. Go ahead. But it says the final judgment, and it's Uh talking about... And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you wh- when you did it to one of the least of these mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Mm-hmm. Then the king will turn on those who left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal, meaning forever, meaning you irre- can't go back, whatever, into the eternal forever fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Wait a minute, hold on. The word eternal there, what is it describing? Let me look it up in the Greek. No, 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 don't look up the word. The word is the word. It's ionos, okay? It says the it eternal means, fire. It means age long, but I'm not even arguing on that. What's eternal? Hell. Hell. So if you go to Jesus. The fire is eternal. Does that mean they have to stay there forever? That's a big inference to make. Let's no, the worm Jesus doesn't die. The fire is not quenched. Absolutely. I'm hell is still hell. Hell stays hell. hell. Nobody's arguing about that. The question is, do you stay there or not? Wait, I have a question. Isn't it their worm does not die? And no. the fire is not quite? Yeah, it's the worm. 
I don't understand what, like, the, the says, seven really years... an actual worm? Do you actually believe that you can leave hell? No, I'm already... Well, I mean, I don't know. But, but I... Because the Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say no. a lot of stuff, though. It's I know, but this is a pretty darn question. big one. My only... My only... <coughs> I'm but just playing... But if I use that argument, well, the Bible doesn't specify, I could do a lot of things if sure. I said, well, the Bible doesn't specify. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> A weak argument, in my opinion. Uh, but I would say this this in particular is is a pretty big one, and I think the Bible ought to probably say. We're not talking about should I go to R-rated movies here. We're talking about eternal death. My what I'm trying Wait, to but say wouldn't to that, wouldn't that add to it? Let, let me just put this out here for you, okay? I here's my answer to this. I don't know. You want to know why I don't know? Because the Bible doesn't say. The Bible's not clear. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That and so I have to live here. The Bible does say, "Don't believe in Jesus." This is where you end up. But the Bible doesn't necessarily say that that's where you stay. But that's something that's been put on it by a what? Doesn't say you don't say either. Stay either. It doesn't say either one. That's why I'm saying I can't stand up here and say you're gonna burn forever and ever and ever and ever because I don't know that part. I do know this. You don't want to go there even for half a second. You don't want to. Another translation said, "All these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life." If some people go into eternal punishment, that's mm -hmm. saying the punishment is eternal. Right. If the punishment is eternal then you're there. Like, you're stuck in punishment right. forever. Now go look up the word. Now, it would be... It Not would be the word eternal, but punishment? look up the word punishment. Okay. The word that's translated punishment there. Because the word's fire. I don't know what translation this is. I need to find out. I just... It doesn't not make... It would be too easy. It would be too easy if there was just this... Everybody has a chance at heaven, and if you screw Are you telling up, me that everybody doesn't have a chance at heaven? Up on Earth, so let me ask you this question. What about the people, the many, many millions of people throughout history that have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel? We talked about the, the this morning in pastor's prayer. Right. So what I do you do with that? Pastor Rob actually said that people ask him this all the time. Like, I'm what sure if they, do. they don't they know? Should. What about a child that dies when they're three right. years old? Well, that's like, they different. Don't... Well, is it because the child doesn't have an understanding of the gospel, just as somebody who has never heard it would not well, have the ability to understand the gospel? I would say the child doesn't have personal autonomy either. Yeah. I, well, I it might be different, but the point my, is... But that's a different conversation. Go ahead. I just think that if someone has never heard the name of Jesus, like in a country where that is not available to mm -hmm. them, I do think that judgment looks different for them than it looks for me because okay. I'm going to be held accountable based on what I know. Certainly. And they're going to be held accountable. I agree with that a thousand percent. That is in scripture. It absolutely so is. So I, I guess what was the question? My question, but but they're still going to hell, though. I don't think they they're are. Not, I don't not? think someone that has never heard about Jesus. Okay, but again, I don't think God's what gonna... that what you're saying right there is not in the scriptures. Just like I, I, I'm just saying, if you if you're gonna bring a statement like that, if they never heard the gospel, they're not going to hell. Whoa, what? then maybe we shouldn't be preaching, everybody. 
Because my preaching has spent more people to hell than it has to heaven. I'll tell you that right now. Well, then how do children? How do children get to heaven? Well, children, like young kids, I think. I mean, is there a scripture? Is there scripture that tells her, us how children her, get to heaven? My mom told me when she, I don't know, but she said you have to have really an understanding of right and wrong, and like young kids don't. Like they don't know when they're doing right or wrong, so it's, I don't think that's a sin. Like There's when a tradition a cries, both in the Jewish and in the Christian thing of what's called the age of accountability, that at some point we reach maturity to where we're responsible for our own soul. But the Bible doesn't say that. No, it doesn't. So if the Bible doesn't say that, but we're believing it to be true, the Bible doesn't say this, but we can't believe Like, where's... I no. guess that's just up to interpretation. All I'm saying is, I can tell you what the Bible says. I can't tell you what the Bible doesn't say. And I have to stop where the Bible stops. Now, I can say, this is my opinion. I can say, according to what the rest of the things that I know about God... This makes more sense to me. And can I say that to you right now? For the rest of the things that I know about God that was revealed to us in Jesus Christ, this makes more sense to me than what I have been taught my whole life. I just, it makes no sense. Why not? Help me understand why it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me because here on earth, we have, we obviously every, like, I maybe not every person. And I, I mean, you can go on all these tangents. Basically, what I'm getting caught on is you said, like, this is one of those things that the Bible doesn't address it, but it's, like, a big deal. It's it not like deal. going to see an R-rated movie right. or whatever. But I also think that believers who have, or people who have never had the opportunity to hear the name of Jesus, they can't repent for their sins and believe in the Jesus that they've never been taught. The Bible also doesn't address that, and I would, I would, I would argue that that is an equally as important concept as this is so i, I guess it's just like just because the bible but like, my this would would speak to that this would say even if they haven't heard the gospel they'll be face to face with jesus at some point and they'll have the opportunity to say yes or no to the grace of god the people that say that at death you lose your ability to make a choice would are dooming everyone who's never heard the gospel to hell forever <clears throat> I disagree. Wait, so I think God judge. I don't think God. I don't think they go to hell. I don't think. I don't think that right, God in His justice would okay. send someone to hell because oh, they. Don't so they've know. never sinned. Did they not sin? They don't know. But why do we go to? What? Yeah, they the know. Same as a child, there's an age of it's innocence. A, yeah, they absolutely. But, but just because they haven't heard the gospel doesn't mean that they're innocent. Just they because know. a child doesn't understand the gospel doesn't mean that they're innocent. Ro Romans 1, they know. They know. Every single culture on the face of the planet has things they would say are evil or not evil. We're just talking right. about somebody who is not, who has not heard the gospel. Let's, let's take kids out of the conversation and just talk about adults. 30-year-old adult dies. They never yes. heard the gospel. Never heard the name of Jesus. What's going to happen next? I'd say they go to hell. I... I don't say they go to hell. How is I that don't. fair? They I don't think they God did say that. Life is fair. Even if you don't know God, we all there are things in the human brain you know are wrong, and we do them, and that's wrong. Right. We have lived, a moral compass. Say they live an extremely moral life. Like, say it's Mother Teresa, but not a Christian. Like they gave sin? their lives. She sinned. I don't think she goes to hell. I, that, I don't think God does that. That is the argument 
Okay, that the assemblies. Because all of sin and she's arguing what the assemblies of God. of God would say. She is saying exactly what the assemblies of God as an Armenian, as a, a, a evangelical congreg- a congregation, the assemblies of God would say that. If she hasn't heard the gospel, doesn't matter. She's going to hell because, and it's on you. That's why you need to support your missionaries. That's why you need to get out there and preach on the streets. That's why you need to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because there are people dying and going to hell who have never heard the name of Jesus. Tell me you haven't heard that before, because I have. I just don't believe they're going to hell. I think they are, but I don't think that's the end. So let me ask you this. Me, myself, you, people in the room who know Jesus, let's say... I just decided one day to stop living for Jesus. I sure. said, "Oh, well, if I can just test hell out and then get into heaven anyways, mm-hmm. I don't need like I don't need to live for God now. I can do whatever I want. I can like that's just this concept of dancing on grace. Grace sure. is always going to be there to save me, even after I die and but go to hell. On. Grace is going to be there to save me. That does not make any sense. This is why talking about following Jesus as a on or off switch is wrong. Okay? That's why if the gospel is all about heaven or hell, we are making a huge mistake. That it can't be that. It cannot be uh, if you follow Jesus, you're going to heaven. If you decide to not follow Jesus, you're, uh, you're going to hell, and that's the only reason why you should follow Jesus. Okay? Do you believe we are saved by grace through faith? Yes. Right. Yes. We are saved by grace through faith. That's absolutely correct. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's Ephesians chapter 3. Right? Yes. Right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. The gift so of God is, is like, or the, the wages of sin is yes. death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's right. If Romans. you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can't do that if you're dead. Why not? What what do you mean why not? Why not? <laughs> you just confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life if you are dead. But in your spirit you mean So you have to have a body to be saved? That's that's the answer now? Yes. So, okay, but what about a guy who is born with the This is the most ridiculous conversation. No, it's not. I've ever this is an important conversation. What about a person who's born without the ability to speak? Well how can they confess with their mouth? Sign language. It says confess. <laughs> With your mouth. I'm being as literal as you are. It says confess with your mouth. So this doesn't work. You can still open Jonah. up your mouth. So what if, what if someone who's paralyzed by like cannot talk, cannot move, and a wheelchair, you think that they're going... Don't get to over-literalize. He's absolutely okay, right. You don't get to over-literalize. Believe in your heart. I don't think I'm over-literalizing. Like over literally, you just, just said that they're dead, believe. so they can't confess with their mouth, so they can't be saved. That's what you I just said. I do not believe that you can and go to fine. hell and then go back to heaven. I, I don't think there's any biblical evidence to support oh, that. Oh, oh, oh. What about the verse I just read you? Wait, He's the savior of all people. Yes, it is. Okay. He's the savior of all people, especially those who believe. That would match this. I think that is because a the ones stretch. that believe never end up. Here. I think that is a stretch. I think it's the only way to actually pay attention to, to actually look at this text and honestly interpret it. How do you interpret it? First Timothy four, verse ten. I'm gonna see this. 
And I could pull a whole bunch more verses out because there are a lot more. I'm going to talk to my mom about this. Oh, that's Second Timothy. Give me a second. Sorry. I just want to read it again. My friends, I don't want I want, to please hear me. Can I say this? And I, I, will, I will. I will. I will have both of you speak in a moment. Who is the savior for all people? I am purposefully trying to rattle you. I am purposely trying to mess with your head because I want you to think. I want you to think beyond what you've been told. I want you to get in your Bibles and I want you to base your faith upon what the Word of God says, not on what some pastor told you. I'm not interested in what a pastor told you. I want you to pull out your Bibles, and I want you to think for yourselves. I want you to get with the Holy Spirit and say, help me understand this book. Wait, what did you say it was? Second Timothy? First Timothy, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. How do you interpret it? Yeah. I think, after hearing this conversation, that my belief in this topic is that even if god wants to pull you out of hell why would he since we have free will if someone doesn't want to leave well who said but see that's that's exactly what i said was you're it isn't you have free will yeah. and they're in hell and they and they repent. are you saying if you truly repent in hell then and god wants to save you he can't that's what you're saying yeah now, I don't know if he will, because I'm not God. He could, I love, but don't think no, I, think I, I love that. I love that. That's a good biblical argument. Is God capable could. of yes, saving you from hell if you, if you truly repent? Next question. If God is Father, if God is love, if God is who Jesus showed us he was, would he or wouldn't he save a truly repentant soul from torture? Yes. I don't think he's going to save someone that doesn't want to repent. No, of course not. The problem with universalism like this is there is no choice. Everybody's going to heaven, period. Completely violates human choice. Doesn't matter what you want, you're going to spend eternity with God. Well, that's not good news for somebody that doesn't want to. Okay? The only thing I did, the only thing I did, in this, Renai, I didn't do this. This is patristic universalism. Okay, this is early church fathers. This is okay. The only thing that happened there was the deadline, literally, of death is removed to respond to the grace of God. That's all that happened. It's still Jesus' cross that saves. The only difference is you can still be saved even after you die. And the reason why I don't really have a problem with that is because I can't find a scripture to argue, in my mind, that death is the final opportunity to respond to the grace of God. I really can't. That's me being completely honest with you. There's a couple close ones. I already know the scriptures that you might find because I've been on a search for them for five years. <laughs> Go. So many things. <laughs> Come on. All right. Go. Go. I'm sorry. Go. Okay. And I might be wrong, so I might have been having this question for no reason. Um, but didn't when Jesus was dead, didn't he like go to Hades or something and unlock the gates or whatever? He went to Hades. He and he preached to the to the souls held captive. 
and he came back with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And again, I would ask you, the, the God Jesus showed us, what would he do with the keys to death, hell, and the grave? Is it not that he unlocked it and those people who were in Hades had the choice? If they then? wanted to follow him, they could. Right. Absolutely. So he then that... took captivity captive and went back. That's absolute, That's Bible. That's creed. He descended to the dead. That's in the Apostles' Creed. Right. So, so those people were dead? Yes. And then they got the choice to choose yes. again? So why yeah. were they special? Because they're dead already, and Jesus hadn't died yet. You're right. Yeah. Right. There's actually an even more biblical answer than that, but we're not going to. I'm not going like, to. But like, if it happened yet. once, itself. if he did it for me, or we could do it. <laughs> 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 I'm not interested in commentaries. I'm interested in description. I'm using a commentary to. You, you don't think commentaries are a tool to interpret? I think commentaries are great, but I want scripture. I'm Wait, what do you want scripture? Go ahead. <laughs> commentary is interpretation, though. What scripture are you reading? I'm reading the same scripture. First okay, Timothy. okay, go it's ahead. It's commentary on the scripture go ahead, that we're talking go ahead, about. Go ahead, go ahead. It says, the Savior of all men, like it read that verse, the Savior uh -huh, of uh -huh. all men, especially believers. Yes. This says, I'm just saying this is a perspective that I found in this commentary. Right, and you it agree says, with it. Yes, I do agree with it. It isn't that all men are saved in the universalist sense, which is just funny because that's what we're talking about. This yeah. is clearly a verse used in that it argument. It is, absolutely. But there is only one Savior for all men. It is if... Christian, okay, sorry, I got distracted. Um, Jesus' work is adequate to save all, but only effective in saving those who come to him. While God intends for it to be for all, he actually gives it to those who believe in Christ. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like that just makes And for a very, very long time, I would have agreed with you a thousand percent. Not sure if I do anymore. Go ahead. You said you had a thousand things there, Flint. Come on. So many different things. Go. Well, first I looked at the Greek of the worm does not die and the fire does yeah. not, is not quenched. And every form of literal translation says their worm. In the Greek, it, the word for it is ha, which is the, genitive, the masculine singular nominative form of the article for it. But it's also a way of like a question of like who so like who's it could be interpreted who is theirs way it's like from, satan's worm or or whatever hell's then, worm like within because there are or little worm organisms within yeah. the human body but the other question i have is do we really think there are worms in hell actual worms Yes. I don't see why not. It wouldn't be the only verse in scripture that talks no, about like Right. And so do we think there are actual worms in hell? And if we do, like what is that? Like I think the devil is God says a worm. Like, my, yes, yeah, I'm in agreement with you, but is here's there... Here's my logic. Can so I here's my... Logic? Go ahead. Okay, so you know <laughs> when it rains and all the all the worms come out? Yes. Well, if they go to hell, it's too hot because you know they die when... Yes. They, so... No worms in it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That does kind of make sense. To me, that's ob Jesus is obviously being metaphorical when he talks about the worm not dying, and it is not necessarily it can't necessarily be. Well, if it's a tapeworm and they eat your what? Well, that's the kind of worm Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking about specific. Jesus is talking about a specific place. He's talking about a specific place. He's talking about Gehenna, the the trash heap of Jerusalem, where they would put like the dead body of a dog or something like that and it would have maggots and worms in it that's the kind of 
and it was regularly on fire because they would burn their trash. So that's that's what Jesus is referring to, and he's saying that that's what hell's like, and he's he's it's a metaphor. So I don't that doesn't really mess with my argument with this particular argument. But I but thank you for looking that up. What else you got? Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Isaiah 38. Go ahead and read it. Uh, Isaiah 38, 18, for Sheol does not thank you, death does not praise you. Those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if they're if they don't hope if they don't have hope for his thank his mm-hmm. faithfulness, then where does the two issues. One, pre Christian. So may not there wasn't it's hope. Still the word of God. Oh, yeah, but it's pre Christian. So there there was no hope. Until Jesus went to Hades himself, there was no hope. And two, two, it's poetry. So is Genesis. Much of it is, yeah. I disagree. I'm not saying that that's not, I'm just saying, to me, that's not, I, I, I would really, I really want something from the New Testament. And I, yes, absolutely, that's good. But if that by itself isn't convincing to me. But, but yes. I forget what the argument was. The argument is, who says you're not, you can't get saved once you're in hell? That's, that's the question. And the, another, I, I'll come to you, I'm pretty sure I had a bunch of other things, but another thing that I've noticed is that the vast majority of this seems to be based in the idea that we are by nature children of God. That when in Ephesians 2, it says that we are by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. Sure. So it's talking about how all are children of wrath, like by nature well, we are under God. God is wrath, our creator, so therefore he is well, our creator. I'm not arguing about things. my nature, I'm arguing about his nature. But what about yes. even if he's but not my father, he's still a father. Even if so and and I have a real issue, real super issue with with that argument. I've heard it a million times. Not everyone is a child of God. I have a real problem with that because Jesus actually did die for everyone. Yeah, unless unless you're Calvinist, and then you're like, no, he didn't. In fact, he hates everyone that he hasn't chosen. Um, that's exactly how they talk. I will say, wouldn't God be everyone's father? Because it says Riley said it like. We're all knit right. together by God in our mother's room, womb. So that would make us. His here's children. my here's my thing. I, regardless regardless of of what's true about me, I can tell you what's true about God. Jesus called him Abba, and not just his Abba, but Abba, Father. That's what that is the way Jesus describes his Father. Is as and he encourages us to pray our Father. That's the way Jesus describes him. And I trust Jesus more than anybody else. Jesus called him Father. And so I'm going to stick with Jesus on that one. I have a real issue with anybody because then who gets to decide who the children of God are and who they aren't? And when do you become a child of God? And what does that process look like? It just adds a million other questions. And I... I will gladly look at someone who is absolutely estranged from God and tell them he loves you as a father, because that's true. Even if they're not a child of God. You can be both a child of wrath and a child of God at the same time. How? 
Because if you're under God's wrath, then you're a child of wrath. If when you're you, well, I, under I, the blood of Christ, then you're a child of God. Well, a father is... <laughs> There's... Aside from adopted, a father is someone who contributes to creation. Like, you're still a child of God, yes. whether you act... I would you say you were a child of God first. When you then became a child of wrath. I would not say I'm that you're... I'm confused what you guys are talking about, According to Ephesians 2, we are by nature children of wrath. Right. By nature, not but made not. into children of wrath, but by nature children of wrath. Of this is this is all. I have a real issue with uh, with original sin as described by Augustine. I have a huge issue with it, and that's exactly where you're coming from. Ooh, no, you're just looking at you're interpreting. Too. I know, but you're interpreting through an Augustinian lens. I'm not. When he says by nature, that is absolutely true. If we think about that, what do we choose? Yeah, we choose the things that would that would cause God's and that would cause God's wrath. wrath. Why would Are you telling me that God? Why is God angry? He's not angry. Because of nope. our sin. Why is God? Yeah, yeah, that's not enough. What 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 is it about sin because that makes him angry? Because we are disobeying our Father. That what? Not that. No. What is it about sin that makes God angry? Rejection. Because it's the opposite of God. I would say the thing about sin that makes God angry is that it's destructive to us. I, because I see God as a father. And let me say this to you. When my children do stupid things, I am furious with them. And I would say my children were children of wrath because they choose to do stupid things on a regular basis. Okay? And I, I am angry with them. You better believe I'm angry with them. But why am I angry with them? Because they didn't do what daddy told them to do? No, this is not a control issue. This is a, what were you thinking walking out into that street when there was a semi coming and was going to just destroy you? I am angry with you because you put yourself at risk. Not because you disobeyed me or because my dignity was affected. Neither one of those things matter to me whatsoever. What matters to me is my child's safety. And I would say that God's wrath is the exact same. What God is out for is to save his kids. That's what God wants to do. That's why he, Jesus came to the world. God so loved the cosmos, that's the word world in Greek, that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the cosmos to condemn the cosmos, but that the cosmos might be saved through him. That sounds very universalistic to me. And when you go to the next verse, which says, the ones who do not believe are already condemned, I think it just matches the whole idea. Because here's God's saving hand, and you say no, you're not falling away into needing to be saved. You already need. Does that make you less of a child of God? I just don't agree. I just don't agree that you can't be a child of wrath and a child of God at the same time. Or I'll say it another way. You're a child of wrath in that you choose wrathful things, but God still looks at you as and, and feels fatherly love for you. That's, what, that's how I would say it. 
Like you can whether or I not you are I get what you're trying to say. Being saved by his love for you is a whole nother thing. But his love for you is still real. Mm-hmm. And it isn't I don't believe that it's I I don't think this I don't think the fire in hell is God's anger being uh I believe the fire in hell is the reality of our own sin destroying us. I don't believe that God is the destroyer of unrepented sinners. I believe that God is the savior of repentant sinners. I believe that sin is the destroyer of unrepentant sinners. And Jesus came to save us from sin. And I have real issues with any theology that makes God the enemy of humanity. I have a huge issue with that. He is the savior. Correct. It's also God's wrath that is on humanity. But what is God's wrath? Wrath. Yeah, what give me a definition of God's wrath? How do you interpret that word? No, I want your definition, Flint. But if you can't use any resources, like what if he agrees with the definition that's in the dictionary, then that is his definition. Fine, then that's his definition. But he wouldn't have to look it up. You have to memorize every single thing that you think. No, I'm not talking about that. But that that is. There is a definition that lives in his heart. There's a definition that he's been using this whole time we've had the conversation, and that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear what the de- what some dictionary says because when you look it up in the dictionary, you are reaching outside of your interpretation to find authority that is greater than yours. I disagree. I don't think that it's wrong to have to, to look to something up to gather your thoughts. Sure, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Which, by dictionary definition, Go ahead. wrath means extreme anger. Sure. Okay. What is that? Wrath is extreme anger. Okay, so this is God. So this is your picture. The God that that sent his own son to save you. If you say no, he his the other side of him is I'm gonna destroy you forever and ever and ever and ever. That's your other side of him. You've got, you got the one side of God that's nice, pretty God that's, well, not necessarily pretty, but hanging on the cross because he wanted to save you. And he's offering you this last, and he's given his all to offer you his, the opportunity to come to him, to receive salvation, to be free of sin, to walk in the light, to walk in relationship with him. That's God. But God is also the God that hates sin so much that he is going to burn conscious beings forever and ever and ever because of their sin with no opportunity to repent? I can't see those two beings as the same one. Which is why a lot of people have said, well, yeah, Jesus is the one who really loves us and saves us, and God the Father is the one who's ticked off. That's absolutely wrong. I agree 100%. We can't separate the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit agree 100% with each other all the time. The question is, what is wrath? Okay, so my thoughts it's are that... It's also into our lunchtime, just so you guys know. I know. Okay. Guys, we I need be, to know. We'll be um, done. If, if you, if you want to go, go ahead and go. I'm going to hang like out and uh, continue God's this conversation. When he knows that he's <laughs> doing all he can to help like persuade us, into what he knows is best for us. Sure, yeah. And but we still because rebel we have, and we still reject. Right, but yeah. because we have free will, if we decide mm-hmm. we're not going to follow him, right. his wrath is him coming 
like to lay the law of okay I give you free will but this is what has to happen right I would say his wrath his wrath is the way we talk about what happens when we leave behind the God who is life the God can't give I don't his, think they're separate though well, because one implies activity and the other implies passivity. And I have a problem with a God who's actively wrathful. I just don't, I don't see that in Jesus. But a God who is passively wrathful, a God who allows the rich young ruler to walk away sad, absolutely, I see that God all day long. The God who says, if you don't want to choose me, that is your choice to make and go. But I can't save you from what's going to happen when you go. See, I don't, I don't think he will save someone that truly doesn't want to be saved. I agree with you 100%. Yes. So then I'm the second you. part that you just said, what, what are you meaning by that? What I mean is... When people go to God's, hell, they're going to want to be saved, is what he's saying. No, what, no I'm not saying that. I think, I think I'm, I'm, not re- I'm not a universalist. I might have made it seem like I am. I'm not. I just don't, I no longer necessarily believe that death is the last time you can say yes to God. I don't either, but I also am just confused what, I don't, I don't get the point you're trying to make. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Okay, when, when, as a dad, okay, I have a 20 year old son right now, okay, and he makes choices sometimes that I'm like, that choice is going to lead to some really bad consequences. You want to spend your money on that? You want to go and do that? you're going to end up hurting yourself. You want to date that girl? Bad idea. She is going to crush your soul. <laughs> I'm serious. That is happening. Okay? I would say there's, there's definitely guys that would say the same thing. But, I, but my daughter's not at that age yet. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's, been, it's easier to raise boys because then you only have to worry about one wiener. Okay. You don't when know you that. raise girls, you only have to worry about one wiener. Okay? All right, anyway, so. <laughs> anyway. All right, so. Here's what I'm saying. You're right, you're right. And, and now, nowadays, it's not necessarily true anymore, right? So, um, but, but if my son were to say he wants to date some girl, and I'm like, that girl is trouble. Not only is she going to get you in trouble, but she's going to break your heart. And I look my son in the eye and I say, I don't think it's a good idea for you to date her. I think she's going to break your heart. And he says, you don't know her. You don't know me. I'm going to go date her anyway. I am not going to say, no, you are not. Because he's an adult. I can't make that decision for him. But God can't make that decision for someone. Exactly. And that's the same thing. That's what I'm saying. When God says, this is what awaits you if you walk away from me. Death and destruction are what awaits you when you walk away from me. And we refer to that, the walking away from us, as God's wrath. That's how that's my understanding of God's wrath. So are you saying the concept is if you go to hell, you still have a chance to go to heaven. Like yeah. you can still repeat that's what he's saying. If you if you repent. want to. Yeah. You have to have a change of heart and a change of mind. Oh, he's, so not saying every, he's not saying no thing. one's going to go to hell. If you read, no if you read C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce, he says the same thing. But everybody, and in fact, there's a bus that goes from hell all the way up to heaven. 
And everybody that gets off that bus, except the main character, we don't ever find out what happens with the main character. But everybody else that gets off that bus gets right back on the bus and goes back to hell because they're choosing again what they chose the first time. Which means hell is locked from the inside, not the outside. Have a chance to repent and obey and obey God. Sure. That's that's the idea. And the more hopeful of them, the more universalist of them would say, and given time, God will convince everybody. Me, having seen the reality of human beings and how often they refuse to repent over and over and over again, even when they have ridiculously horrifying consequences, I think there's going to be people that stay in hell forever. Because I have seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen human beings who absolutely refuse to pay attention to what's going on in their life and realize this is my fault. And they stay in the midst of their horrible circumstances. Well, that was fun today. That was getting 